Hi, I'm Paul Ford. And I am Rich Ciotti. We are the co-founders of Postlight, and this is Track Changes, our official podcast. Postlight is a digital product studio in New York City. And, well, Rich, today we don't have a guest. We just have ourselves. And that's fine and good. And we, I have a cold. I can tell. Oh. I feel a little bad for you. Yeah, my, my voice is really nasally, so feel bad for the thousands of people who are going to listen to this program yeah. and have to listen to my... I've tried everything. Honey, everything. ginger. Everything. What is it? Witch hazel I, or something? I tried a netty gun. It, oh, nothing works. I don't want to be around for that. No. That is not safe. It's a bad scene. Okay. So whatever. Sinuses, um, the problem of dads worldwide, now brought to you live on your podcast. Yeah. <sighs> so, we do have something exciting to share, though. Oh, my God. We're doing stuff. You know, we're going to talk. We did something new. We're doing something new. We did. We're doing new things. We, we threw an event a little while ago. We did. And it was the event to launch Postlight Labs. Yes. What's a lab? You know, it's a weighty thing, right? When you say labs, like, what are you doing? You're you're not even a year old. Yeah. You have a department in your company? Yeah, you need more departments because we already have, like, yeah. engineering, product management, design. But that's really not even a department. That's just uh, disciplines. Those that are the disciplines. Within. Well, uh, they kind of, they have their own leadership, yeah. but they're very, f like, they function to, like, get people yeah. there, get clients their products. That's, that's what right. This one. So our job... We're most often, most often, we're an agency or or a studio. We are hired to ship stuff or help people ship stuff, and usually there is infused into that mandate is a lot of conservative thinking. There's a particular budget that we can't go over. There is a thing we have to check certain boxes. Otherwise, it's it's a failure. Can I make an observation there too? It's actually hard to go fast. Of course, when of you're course. when you're working with a client because you need consensus, you need buy-in. They need to know because it's round expe trips. It's expensive to build software, so there's a lot of like, kind of gating mechanisms that you go up against them. You wait a minute, then they say go, and then you build a thing. Exactly, and and we're builders, and when you're a builder, there's almost like a childlike sort of curiosity and enthusiasm around an idea and how you want to see it become real. Play. We all got to do this business because we like to play with computers. I, I th yes, agreed. And the thinking around labs, and it is it is not something that automatically just because you put up a labs shingle up means you're going to be able to do it. The thinking around it is this is a place where you can take more risks, where you can explore whether your idea can become something or maybe will become something. And it's a place where we actually encourage that sort of risk. And the thinking is to share out hopefully what we make. Sometimes stuff's left on the floor, right? I mean, a lot of labs, I mean, even labs in universities and in pharmaceutical companies, a lot of stuff never makes it out because it failed. Right. So stuff fails. So failure um, is no big deal. Failure is no big deal. You're going to um, assume it, in fact. Uh, you should assume it. If, you, if it's safe, simple, basic, run-of-the-mill stuff, it's not really a lab project. Yeah. And the thinking is that, you know, people at Postlight and possibly people outside of Postlight may partner up with us to go on these expeditions 
where riskier stuff gets designed and built. Because there's these big questions out in the world. Look, I've seen a lot of labs. I've looked at lots of labs over time. And there's like the Bell Labs, which, you know, the trans- well, that's, that's, transistor was yeah. came out. And then there are these kind of like media lab kind of environments, which yeah. tend to get in trouble after a couple of years. They get like a little mandate, and then they're like, hey, look at this. It's a coat hanger that will tell you the time. Yeah. And everyone's like, huh. Yeah. That's not what I expected from my cable television provider. Right. Or <laughs> or they get a, hey, clever, but f- what'd you do here? Like, that's our revenue source. You yeah. just sidestepped it. Yeah, that's true. Right? You just built a thing that makes our value proposition irrelevant. And so button that up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> put let's, that back let's in put the drawer. that away. Yeah. Let's put that away. So you, you get, yeah, exactly. And, and the thing I think that's interesting about our position in this is that we don't live inside of that broader mandate which is to sell advertising or to sell units or to get subscribers or whatever. If you had a mission for our organization, right, it's to ship really good product really, really fast so that lots of people could use it sooner. Yes. So that's really in keeping with the goal of a labs because the danger in labs is lack of discipline. Which sounds counterintuitive, right? You got to give people room and time to play, but they also have to turn that into something or share it out. Yes. So... I think this was in our this has been in our DNA from day one. In fact, we built a thing, frankly, in the middle. If I if you think about the timing of, of Gift Battle, we built this. All right, so the the, the, the thing was we 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 were supposed to do an animated holiday card. A GIF that we send out to everybody. Yeah, that was gonna be like an animated GIF. It somehow through the process of people <laughs> being involved, it turned into an animated GIF chat battle scoring app. Which is insane, right? Yeah. And you can go to giftbattle.zone and have a gift battle with your friend right now. And I have to tell you, I don't really know how that got greenlit, right? Because if you add up, if you want to be really diligent about the dollars behind the cost uh, of an initiative. It was my fault. That one was kind of my fault. Okay, whatever. I got it. I got it. I just, I just came to work when I'm like, what's going on? No, There's I got it moving. And then I didn't, it was the company was brand new. And I was like, oh, let's do an animated card. And then people were like, how about if we had like a gift chat? And I was like, cool. Real-time chat is a great thing for us to signal out to the world. Okay. This and is why you shouldn't be an executive. Well, I know. Exactly. I, I, I'm hereby resigned. But the, uh, I was like, oh, well, you know what? I've product managed successfully before in my life. I'll just product manage this. Yeah. But then, of course, we had to go out and sell services. So And you left the project. I left it. But, of course, I didn't really admit that I had because I felt guilty. Right. I felt bad. And so I just was so, like, oh, well. So it, it sort of drifted into this funky state. And then I had no product manager and everybody was trying to keep me happy because I'm the co-founder. I, I, created a a, I created a disaster. Yeah. I spent a lot of our money without knowing I was doing it and right. just created a disaster. Right, right, right. But we got it on Rails. We put a product manager on it. We put a designer on it. The engineers felt good about getting it done. And we got it done and we shipped it. And, and we actually had, we had a great post-mortem too. Like it would actually lesson like, learned, yeah. yeah lessons and, learned, yeah, sure. And for me, it was a chance. I, the first time I in the company, we were a couple months in. It was the first time I was able to show people that I could take that critical feedback, that I welcomed it, mm-hmm. that it was like you know the fact that I had like dropped the ball on this thing was okay, yeah, and that it did need a product manager who wasn't me and, yeah. and stuff like that. And so that that was pretty good in retrospect. Like we shipped a thing, we used mm-hmm. a very modern framework, yep. We learned a little bit about each other and. Yeah, I'm realizing how much of what we do is about figuring out a process that's going to work even better the next time. Sure. And and it really speaks to the personality, the collective personality that was taking form 
at Post Light. Like it, it we're got, gonna do weird stuff. We're not gonna sit around and write white papers if we're not on a project. We're gonna we're gonna do stuff. So institutionalizing it in a Post Light Labs just made a lot of sense. You have a you have a lot of strong beliefs about this, and I agree. Like shipping a product is the best way to communicate what you're about if you are a product company. I I believe that, and I believe. It's an expensive approach to marketing, <laughs> I'll admit. Uh, because yeah, but I mean that's just life. Like we're, you know, I was a pretty successful writer for years, and you but know, that's only a part of why we it, do this. But it's the way that people knew that they should hire me to do interesting writing projects was because of all the writing I had in the world. Yeah, just keep like, doing stuff. Yeah, so you can I can sit there and say I have a great team that can build you anything. I've met hundreds of great teams that can build you anything. Uh, I've met like ten great teams that will actually ship something. Yeah, yeah. It's hard, and it takes a certain level of discipline to do it, without a doubt. And hundreds might have been an exaggeration, if for, if anyone's fact checking, <laughs> probably more like sixty. So we threw a party a couple of weeks ago, and we didn't want to just say welcome and introducing Postlight Labs. We wanted to launch something with it, yeah. with the announcement, because that would have been lame if There's we would have just said. There's kind of a great blog post about this, written by a product manager at Postlight named Toyvado. Great post about because uh, by the way. For those that don't know, there is a Track Changes newsletter. Trackchanges.postlight.com. That you should check out and subscribe to. It's awesome. Yep. So uh, we put toy on it. Yes. We said, look, we're going to do this event on October 20th, was it? I believe it was. that's right, October 20th. We're going to do it in a new space. We're going to launch Postlight Labs, and we're going to announce three new products. Which is bananas. Just yeah. bananas, yeah. right? And she made a very good, colorful spreadsheet, which you can see if you go to that site. Yeah. And credit to Toy. She was thinking about all the gaps. There were all these pieces, but it wasn't about the pieces. It was about the gaps between the pieces <laughs> and yeah. pushing them forward and forward and forward. And we got it done. And oh, we also decided to put a little book together with excerpts from the on podcast. On top of all that. Yeah. Yeah. So what were the products? Let's start there. Yeah. So... First, was, well, we had this thing called the Mercury Amp Converter. Which we've talked about in prior podcasts. Yes. But Amp is a standard from Google that, that loads very quickly on mobile. There's Correct. There's a lot more about it, but start there. Correct. And the Mercury Amp Converter will take any page, and it will turn it into an Amp page that can load quickly. So for publishers, this is a great shortcut. We launched that when 1,000 publishers signed up. Yes. So, so. 1,000 separate websites yep. are, are using this. A lot thing. of good conversations yep. came from that. Yep. And we said, you know what? The secret sauce inside of that amp converter is the web parser. And we, we have a good amount of institutional knowledge around web parsers because if you look at the, the genealogy... Sure. Ancestry.com. What's that called? For the listeners, yeah, genealogy. He's just pointing at me and saying <laughs> genealogy. Like, like, if like, you look at the genealogy of the, of, of the knowledge and experience of some of the people at Postlight, we are, uh, you, if you trace it back, readability uh, came from some of the brains at Postlight and some of the brains that are not at Postlight as well. And so we knew, what, we knew a thing or two about parsing a filthy, dirty web page. Right. And inside of that process is is the, what we'd call the web parser and it was it's inside of mercury it's worth noting what we had was older we had an older code base we were Correct. we were falling back on some of the readability work and we knew what we wanted to change and wanted to make better and wanted to actually kind of wipe clean and do better yeah. and do faster and so we, we took this as an opportunity to 
write a new web parser yep. effectively. And that's what the Mercury web parser is. That was a, a coder named Adam Tash took did that a on. wonderful job yep, with it. Just, and that was one of the things we launched under the, the labs banner. And also Gina Trapani did quite a bit of work on uh, Mercury. Correct. So she's uh, one of our directors of engineering. She was a podcast guest earlier. Yes. The second thing we launched is a... So we should tell people what that is. It is so you can still convert anything to AMP. That works fine. Yep. And you can convert any web page to a more readable version of that web page. Even lower than that, it's data. It gets turned into data. So if you just want the headline, the author, the body of text of an article, the images that are relevant to the article, they get parsed out into an output that can then be anything. You could turn it into text-to-speech. You could use it to power your mobile app. You could migrate data. Yeah, and uh, what we have is the tool. It's an API. You call it. You say, turn this page into data. It does it. And then what we do is we have a very simple rule system that we've created, what, probably hundreds now. It's probably fairly soon to be thousands of rules for large websites that... Are finicky. Yeah, that are finicky, that let you truly identify what that data is. Yeah. So it's a very useful tool. It's a powerful, powerful tool. And now what we did is we took out all the dependencies that used to be in the AMP converter and we put them into the AMP converter is now powered by the Mercury web parser. Correct. And that was made available and that's that's free by the way, mercury.postlight.com. That was one of the things we released at the party under the Postlight Labs banner. And then there's this really cool very lightweight Node.js framework that we put out called Lux. That's right. It's the work of a programmer named Zach Golba. Yes. Very talented engineer at Postlight. And that's also out there at lux.postlight.com. L-U-X.postlight.com. That's right. So you've got Mercury, Web Parser, you've got Lux. And then we built a tool for Slack. So for those that don't know what Slack is, as you all know, Email brings you nothing but trouble in your life. If anybody's following the news, Paul, yeah, don't use email. Just Ever. talk to each other. I love email. Call each other. Different subjects. It's been getting a rough rap. Right? This just, has been a rough year for email. Email can be great, but we'll move on. All right. Slack has taken off in a very big way. It's a group chat, and it has exploded inside of organizations and companies yeah. as a tool to communicate in real time with your coworkers, with your team members, and the like. So... A problem arose for the likes of you and me, Paul, and others that are outside of project. What happens is in Slack, you can organize your rooms, let's call them rooms for a second, or channels, against the projects inside your organization. So if you have Project X, there's a Project X channel where all the members that are involved in Project X talk to each other in that channel. And then there's another channel called Project Y, and all the members talk there. So at any given time right now at PostSite, there are 10 projects happening. This has been a killer for me because one of the ways I like to know what's going on in the organization, I hate pulling people into meetings and I hate asking people to write summaries. But status reports. I need to know what's up in my company. Correct. So I'll go in and read chat logs and it's the way I describe it's like uh, listening to a conference call backwards. It's really hard to surmise the state of things, the broader summarized state of things, the state of the union. Right. Of, of that project, project yeah. by just going into the chat because it's so low level. It's Who so knows what's the happening. last 20 minutes. Right. And it's hard to tell what's up. So we built a tool that essentially asks that team to 
please just could you just summarize what's going on? Right. And we're going to take that summary and make it available to people outside of that channel in a really easy way. This is very simple too. Like it's not it's it, really it's not conceptually difficult. It's just a little bot that says, "Hey, can you tell me what's going on?" Correct. And you you type you type what's going on and then it saves it and you can then look at it later. Correct. You can look at it on a web page, you can look at it inside of Slack. What it means is that we have 20 projects going to Postlight. I can quickly ask for a status update once a week and I'll get it and it's asynchronous and it happens right inside of Slack. Correct. You don't have to go to a form or sign into something else or whatever. It's really streamlined. And you get this dashboard that has summaries of each of those channels, each of those projects. And it's a great way to get a bird's eye view of what's going on in an organization. It's it's really powerful tool. So it's, it's built built mostly by a, a programmer named Jeremy Mack, yes. one of our directors of engineering. Um, a lot of design work from Matt Quintanilla, and actually the lead designer was Janet. Janet Kim. Janet Kim. It's actually strangely simple piece of software, but solves a really filthy problem. It's kind of, you, you expect more sort of bulleted lists of features here, but that's the point of this thing, is that it, it kind of boils it down. It tries to boil down information. And the funny thing with it is usually you need software to kind of be annoying. This yeah. one is different because I need to, like I need to use it. I've been using it. Yeah. And I go in and I hit the little bell that says remind people to update. I yeah. do it once a week. And then we go into our manager's meeting and we're fully updated. It's very powerful. Like I right. just get enough signal to, to know. Like it doesn't let you dig down into a project and figure out what's going right or wrong. Yeah. It just is like if people are saying it's going well and you yeah. trust them, you now know enough. So if you run into a client on the street and they're like, hey, how's our design thing going? You can <laughs> right. be like, great. You know, I just was talking with the team about it this morning. Right. Exactly. And also there's, I don't know if there's a worse feeling than walking up to the team Oh, they hate and it. Say, hey, how's it going? Hey, how's it? It's oh, just, it's just it's, it's the just, boss checking in. It's like the dad with his like tan slacks walking into like the eleven year old's room, getting people to email out. you a status update. It's, <laughs> it's like a terrible yeah, thing. no one's going to do it. Right. So, so too, we, we're not interested in ever making money, Paul. So, so too is also free. It's at get so too. That's g e t s o t u. dot com. And it's free. If you were using Slack, go install it. It's uh, so too stands for State of the Union. So that's Labs, right? What do we have? We had the Mercury Web Parser on top of the Mercury Amp Converter, mm -hmm. Lux. Mm -hmm. And Lux was a, a long-term labor of love. And we sort of brought it into Labs and uh, a designer named Put a Darryl, spotlight on it. Daryl Hanley, uh, a designer at Postlight, it's did really a great nice job. Work. Just like a Getting nice a look and feel. A nice website to yeah. present this thing. Lux is great, by the way. I, you know, I've been looking at it and reading through the code. Like it's, it's, it's a wonderfully simple. It's this very simple way to build a web API yep. in the world of Node and JavaScript. Yep. And very powerful. So it feels good to talk about stuff we did, not just we're going to have a labs with lab coats. So we're walking the, walking the walk. Is that the phrase? We're shipping products. We're shipping stuff and we want to keep shipping stuff in there. This is just the beginning the mayhem we will... This is a phrase I, I throw at you sometimes. I think you throw at me too, Paul Ford, is that we want to cause trouble. If we're not... Chaos. ...creating a little bit of disruption, then the lab isn't really doing its thing. People and, should uh, be worried about what we get up to. <laughs> Fair. They should be like, God, those guys might screw this up for me. I should get in touch. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's where we're that's at. What, with... Yeah, we're looking to to get new business through fear. <laughs> exactly. Well, I mean, look, it's a different approach to business development. We got a couple new labs projects underway. We're going to share those out. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll we'll talk about them when the time is right. We're starting to collaborate with other companies that want to do labs projects, which is very cool. We would love to find partners to do lab stuff with. Well, it's a neat way. I mean, in terms of our larger business, right? You can come in and do something fast with us over the course of a couple months. Test a proposition or Then take that back to your company and just say like, look, here's what it looks like. Here's how it works. Here it is on your phone. Should we go forward? Yes. And there's nothing makes an argument better than a product people actually want to use. Like it's just, it's much less expensive than actually building the whole thing. Yep. So that part's good. Yep. You know, here's the, the other thing worth sharing, Paul. We put labs out because we built a bunch of stuff and we want to let the world know we're a, we're a labs type of place. Yeah. But there's still a lot of scaffolding up as to what labs is internally. For example, is labs a space? Do you move into a room that has, that has a big sign on it that says labs so that when you're in the labs, you're literally physically in the labs? Is it? Is there a jury that decides if something is greenlit to be a project. These are Will open, there be? These are the open questions. I think, you know, right now it seems to be that we need some sort of way to determine what comes into labs. We do. We do. And, and look, right now the ultimate arbiters of where money gets moved around in the organization are mostly you and me. This is the other thing worth pointing out. There is no grant. There's yeah. no foundation that is funding lab stuff. We are funding our own lab stuff. What's going to be disruptive? What's yeah. going to be interesting? What's yeah. going to teach us you, how to work together? Exactly. You've called me a rapacious capitalist in the past, Paul Ford. Yeah. And I just want to point out that we could be taking a lot of this money home, but instead we're going to buy lab coats and we're going to buy beakers and we're going to do lab stuff. We are. Capitalists take money home, I think. I'm not sure, actually. I don't know what the hell we are. This is like post-cap. I don't know what this is. This is a post-capitalist labs. All I want is not to be bored. <laughs> it's the only reason that I did this with you. And we get to keep doing it, right? Yeah. That's the whole thing. I, I um, just want to not be bored. And, and so far, Postlight has delivered admirably. Yes. I'm never bored by this company. For better or worse. For better or for worse. Yes. It is interesting. You know, we're looking at how other labs work. Like, obviously, there's labs on a massive scale, like Microsoft Research and things like that. But there's Those also... Those look so much fun. Like, you just walk down the hall and you have a cup of coffee and you're like, hey, Mike, how you doing? He's yeah. like, oh, getting my concept graph in, in order. Dude, yeah. When's that going to go out? He's like, well, working on the paper, probably Q4 2019. Yeah. You know, I actually was talking to someone at Microsoft recently. Yeah. And they were telling me how a lot of the stuff that materialized out of Microsoft, like Photosynth, like yeah. all these weird products, they've got some cool stuff. They've, you know, my, people often don't look at that corner of Microsoft. No, Microsoft Labs is for real. It's There's a lot of really cool stuff. Yeah. A lot of it is not through formal process. It's just 17 engineers at like Red Robin. Oh, really? Deciding they're going to do it. And all of a sudden, some concepts have been proven out. And the managers just, or whoever, however way it's structured, sort of just get out of the way. It's like, all right, you know what? Finish this. And they just let them keep going. I mean, that's... That's the classic engineering mindset, right? Like they do the like they're they're gonna fix the the mail merge right. part of Word, but after like seven o'clock, they all gather and they're building this thing that does crazy stuff with photos or can pick up you know facial gestures or whatever it may be, and they can't help themselves. So look, I got an idea. I come to you. 
This, let's let's tell people how Labs actually works. I come to you and I say, Rich, we ought to do something about distribution. Right. Okay, so what is distribution? Well, that's a very broad term. Okay, so let's just say distribution, it's like, I want to get more people reading web content. Okay. Okay. So what can we do with Labs? Lots, right? I mean, so right that's now... That's how it works, ladies and gentlemen. I mean... <laughs> No, I mean, look, you're you're backing into a much bigger conversation around where most content is ending up these days and doesn't seem to make it out anymore. But people do come to us with very broad questions. Like very how, broad questions. How do we, what do we do about distribution? There's all these centralized places like Facebook or Twitter or whatever. We want to do something new. Exactly. Okay, so where do we start? Uh, I think then you have a... a I, let's, I don't want to use the word brainstorming because it's deeper than that. You get it's a room. More, you get in a room and it's more, sometimes you can even probe more technically as to the feasibility of an idea. You and figure whatnot. out the goal too. You're just like, do yeah. you want more audience? Do you need more yeah. money? Like what is yeah. the thing that we're actually going for here? And I think, you know, this is the place we want to be at, right? Because what's fortunate about where we are is that there is no, like I don't have to go asking daddy no. for, like if you have that great idea inside of a large organization, and you want to bring it to life, you can just imagine the maze, both financial and political, you're going to have to walk through to get that right. sign off. It's incredibly, incredibly difficult. I mean, I mean, well, you got to move people around too. You got to move people hard. around. You got to sell it yeah. a lot to different stakeholders for people to sign off because people don't just think about is that is that a good idea? They think about do I want my name near this right. when it blows up right. in four months? So I'm not going to come near it. And and what happens is they chip away at it. They're like, you know, that's really good, but forget that part three. Should be yellow. And by the time you come out of the other end of that maze, the thing is not what it was in the beginning. So you come to us, right? And and you could just be somebody coming off the street. You could be coming from a company. You could be a, an employee at Postlate. And mm -hmm. you say, I want to think about ways to get more traffic or yep. more whatever. And we sit down in a room. We're like, well, here are the ways that some people have done it in the past. And yep. then you kind of come up with a little hypothesis. You're like, if we could go out and test this, that would be good. That's what yep. you say. And then you go and you say, what are the things that are freely available? Like the open source tools, the, right. the, the frameworks. What How can, can you we, pick up off the shelf? What's the fastest way to get this, this done? Then where can we add value by gluing those things together? Correct. And you go out not with the actual product, but with the thing that you could use to test and understand the market. Right. That's what the minimal viable product really is. The idea is keep them short and tight. Iterate. If it sticks, keep going. That's the another thing worth noting is that we don't just send these out into the world and hope for the best. Like if it takes off, we're going to put muscle behind it. Like If something actually has traction and, and we see real interest in it, We could, I could see us continuing to put energy towards it or find other partners to help us put energy towards it. You know what? It just takes a while too. Like It goes out and it's like a couple months while you, while you have to figure out what this thing is like now that it's really in the world. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So lots to learn, even though we're out there. Even though we're scratching the itch, there's still tons to learn. All right, let's go to a whiteboard. We've got many. If anybody wants to talk to us, they should just send an email. We're contact at postlight.com. Contact at postlight.com. They can hit us on the web at postlight.com, and they can go to iTunes and rate this podcast. Give us a good rating, please. We'd like five stars. Even though my voice is kind of rough with this cold, I still appreciate a good rating. Yes. I'm Paul Ford. Rich Ciotti. And this is Track Changes. Thanks, all. Have a great week. Bye. Bye.